you all here this morning. Uh, Our sermon is from the text that Matthew read to us this morning. Before I get into that, I want to tell you guys a story. Um, Some of you know this story, have heard it before, you'll know where I heard it. Uh, Seems there was this uh, older lady who was 89 years old, and uh, she started having these pains, and they bothered her, so she went to the doctor, and the doctor ran some tests, and he came back with sad news. She was dying. And he told her there was nothing he could do to, to, to help her, that she may have a couple, two or three months left, but uh, she wouldn't see another year. And this woman, she had uh, three grown children that moved far away, and she hardly ever saw them. And the youngest, in fact, she hadn't even heard from in 10 years. And so she really wanted to talk to them before she died. And so she sent, uh, she, she, she sent letters to them. She didn't want to tell them that she was dying, though. You know, we all have pride. And she sent them letters. She was about to turn 90 years old, so she was going to have a birthday party. And she sent a letter saying, I'm going to have this big birthday party. I'm 90 years old. Please come. Come to my party. And she, she begged them to come. Well, the day came and went. No one showed up. And so the woman became desperate to see her children. And so she came up with this scheme that she was going to fake her death. And she told her all her friends about it, and they were like, no way. We're not going to have anything to do with this. We're not going to help you fake your death. And they, they, they wanted no part of it. But this woman, she was extremely persuasive. She was really persuasive. And she ended up convincing all of her children, or no, all of her friends, rather, to help her fake her own death. And she hired a priest from this faraway town to come in. She told him that he was the lady's sister. And the sister knew all about this woman, details, you know. And, and he, he, he agreed to do the, to the officiate the funeral. And so the day of the funeral came and she wore this really thick black veil over her face so she wouldn't be recognized. And one by one, her children arrived. First, the oldest, or the daughter arrived, then the oldest son. And then finally, toward late in the afternoon, this stranger walked in, and she hardly recognized him. It was her youngest son she hadn't seen, heard from in all these years. And the woman... She stood in the, in the back corner with the veil just listening to them talk. And she was listening and about people talking about her and what she meant to them. And then finally she overheard one of them say, isn't it sad, isn't it terrible that it takes a funeral to get us all home? 
And that's when the woman lost it. Amen to that, she shouted, threw off her veil. Everybody knew who she was. Well, after the shock, her children were angry. They were mad. He said, how could you do this to us? Why did you do this? How could you ever do something like this to us? The woman said it wasn't hard. When it's the only way that you can see your children again, it's not that hard at all. All she wanted to do was talk to them once, once more, to hug their neck one last time before she died. You know, on the road to the cross, Jesus knew he was about to die. And there was a lot of things he wanted to tell us, things he wanted us to know. But a lot of these things were hard for us to understand because our hearts had grown hard and our ears dull to hearing spiritual things. So he spoke in parables. He told stories that, would, that people could understand. And so after he died, we could put the pieces together and we would understand what he was teaching. And one of the things Jesus wanted us to know before he died, was about priorities. And he knew that we were all going to get busy and we weren't going to make time for Jesus and his kingdom. And last week, Brother Kyle talked from Luke 13, where he described, well, Jesus described what it was going to be like for lukewarm Christians who, expecting to be in heaven, Jesus would turn away saying, I don't even know who you are. Does Jesus know who you are today? Are you giving Jesus a chance to know who you are today? And then Brother Bruce talked from Luke thir- from the next chapter, Luke chapter 14. He, he spoke about Uh, how Jesus admonished us to be of a lowly mind and associate with the humble. And today, we're going to continue right where Bruce left off in Luke 14 and and verse 16, the parable that Matthew told us. And here Jesus tells of a man that planned a great supper and invited all of his friends. Have you ever planned a big party, a big celebration, a supper? If you have, you know how much work's involved. It's a lot of work. And I remember as a kid, I knew it was going to be a big deal when mom would bring out the Clorox bleach. Because it was going to be some serious cleaning done that day. And dad would mow the yard and trim everything. And we had to put everything in the whole ranch, just put it all in its place. And the food, oh my, the food. You would think we were about to feed the whole county. We brought out the best we had. You know, I'm sure a lot of you have done 
similar things. Have you ever done something like this and spent all this time and effort and then hardly anybody shows up? How would that make you feel? Maybe angry? You might think, well, why do I even bother? What am I even bothering doing for these people? They don't appreciate it. You know, Jesus describes something like that here in Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at the supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all in one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I asked you to have me excused. And the other said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I asked you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. After all, going through all this time and effort, he waited. He waited excitingly for everybody to show up. No one came. So he sent his servants out to go to their houses and it says, hey, the supper's ready now. Come. Come on. They all made excuses. You know, I've I need to go look at some land that I bought. Or on another, I've got, I just got some new oxen and I'm really, really wanting to test them. I, I want you to excuse me this time. Another said, well, you know, I have gotten married recently, so I can't come. You know, there might have been a time when all these people would have gladly, gladly came to this supper. You know, not anymore. Back before they got all full of themselves and their plans. Not anymore. No one cared anymore. So Jesus continued here, verse 21. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And the master of house, being angry, said to his servant, Go quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it's done as you commanded, and still there's room. And the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. This man is understandably upset. At his ungrateful friends. He tells a servant to go and invite people that he knew would come to his supper. So the servant goes out and he finds a crippled man. And he bends down and he says, are you hungry? Would you like something to eat? My master has prepared a feast and he wants you to come. Come, let me help you. And he brought him to the house, set him at the table. He goes and he finds a blind man begging for food. He said, sir, I have food. My master has prepared all the food you could possibly eat. 
Come, let me help you. And he brings him to his master's table. He finds poor families that haven't eaten in days, and he brings them. He says, he says to them, my master wants you to eat with him. He's prepared a great feast for you. Come. And they said, tell me when and where I'm there. And they all ran to come. They were ready. Let's go. You know, he does this over and over and over again. And yet still there's room. So he has him go outside of town. Strangers find more people like this until finally the house was full. There wasn't another seat at the table. So the question I have for you this morning is, why did these people come? And his friends wouldn't even be bothered. When his own friends wouldn't even come, why would these people come? Well, for one thing, they were hungry. They were hungry. You know, these were outcasts. People, the town looked down on them. And here this great man was inviting them to his house. They couldn't believe their luck. All we can eat for free. Those able that were able to do so probably ran to get there in case he changed his mind, in case they ran out of food. They probably ran if they could. Well, Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you th- hunger for the word of God like you hunger for food? Do you hunger for his righteousness? Do you thirst for his righteousness like you thirst for water? Do you hunger to be right with God? See, Jesus isn't trying to encourage us to appreciate great suppers here. He wants us to appreciate his invitation. His spiritual food. And to hunger for it. To hunger for it. And the people who came to this supper, they were all so poor. You know, this man's friends who blew him off probably had cupboards full of food. Certainly, enough money to buy all they wanted. Now, it wasn't this man's food. It was their own food. And they had plenty of it. They didn't need his. But the poor, the poor had nothing. They didn't have anything. So this was a big deal to them. It was huge. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we can get so full of ourselves thinking we're something great. 
thinking that we have all we need. That we don't even need Jesus. Don't believe it. You know, there was only one person who had everything. He had it all. That was Jesus Christ himself. He had it all. And he gave it all up to become poor. So you could have it all. Are you poor in spirit today? Do you need what Jesus has to offer today? Many of the people who came were also crippled. In 1 John 1 and verse 8, it says, For we say, so if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We all sin. Every one of us sins. The question is, does your sin bother you? Does your sin bother you? Does it hurt when you sin? You know, sin leaves scars. It wounds us spiritually. But Jesus can heal us. He can heal us if we're willing to come to Him. If we're willing to bring our sins to Him and to humbly ask for forgiveness. How often do you do this? How often do you go to Jesus and beg for His forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness for the sins that we all commit? You know, if it hurts bad enough, we'll go. If it gets to hurting bad enough, we'll go to the doctor. Our sin should hurt. It should hurt us. And many others came because they were blind. John 9 and verse 39 Jesus says, for judgment I came to this world, that those who do not see may see, that those who see may be made blind. Jesus made the Apostle Paul blind so that he could see what he was doing to God. And Jesus also taught that if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Because it's way better to go into heaven blind than to spend eternity seeing hell. If you've got something that's causing you to sin, get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. If something is keeping you from Jesus, if something's in between you and your Savior, Jesus Christ, get rid of it. It's not worth it. But Jesus' parable of the Great Supper teaches us something about what God did for us and how different people reacted to that and how different people react today to what he has given us, what he has prepared for us. 
You know, God, our Father went to a lot of trouble, a whole lot of work, a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of expense for his great supper. It was hard for him what he paid for this supper. So you could be with him, so you could have a place at his table. So don't blow him off. Don't make excuses for why you don't have time for him. Make time for Jesus. Talk to him. Talk to him often. Spend time in his word, listening to his words. You know, Mike Hall talked about a few months ago spending alone time with Jesus. Just getting alone and spending time with him. How's that working? Are you doing that? If not, try to do that. And remember, remember every single day how spiritually poor and blind and hungry and crippled you really are. And come. Come with joy. Come with gratefulness. Come with earnesty. Come to the table that Jesus has prepared for you. It's an awesome supper. Don't miss out. We're going to have a song now of invitation. Something is between you and Jesus and you just can't get rid of it. We'd be glad to pray for you. We'd be glad to bring your needs before the Lord Jesus Christ and all pray for you this morning. Or if you don't have a relationship with him today, we can help you. Won't you come now while we stand and sing?